Welcome to Kindly Gifted. I'm your host, Kate Tarantiva, and I can't wait to unwrap the world of influence with you. Every day, your gifted episodes, see what I did there, to help you become fluent in the business of creativity and learn the best kept industry secrets to creating an online presence worth remembering. It's really like having a momager on speed dial. So let's dive into it. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Thanks for tuning in to Kindly Gifted. To support the podcast, please leave a review, share with your friends, and don't forget to subscribe. Make sure you follow me on TikTok at KateMob for more creative secrets from the internet's momager. See you on the next episode of Kindly Gifted. One of the major differences between somebody who is a creator and somebody who's actually building a personal brand and seeing this as like a career versus a hobby is one who very much knows at all times how they are perceived. And I know that can sound really scary because in order to know how you're perceived, you have to know what people are saying about you. But please do not confuse like being on top of how you're perceived with being obsessed over other people's judgment and other people's words of you. That's not, they're not the same. Knowing how you are perceived is kind of like your a vitals check, right? It's like when you go to like a, on a to a physical for a checkup and they do your vitals. It's like the same thing. That's basically the vitals of a personal brand is essentially figuring out does how I want to be perceived actually manifest? Is there evidence that the way that I want to be perceived is actually how people perceive me? And there's a lot a lot of strategy that comes with that, okay? I mean, you've heard me talk about Alex Cooper um, on this podcast in her in the deep dive about Alex Cooper, call her daddy's Alex Cooper. How she was incredibly strategic from the get-go about how she wants to be perceived. And it came from a place of like you know, the way that she was treated or how people are did or didn't take her seriously for certain things um but she was very clear and intentional about what she wants to be known for how she wants people to um see her and making sure that she's constantly checking up on her community her daddy gang to ensure that the way that she wants to be perceived is actually how they perceive her meaning her target audience specifically if somebody's not your target audience it really like it, they're just not your target audience. Doesn't matter. Okay. Their their kind of perception of you really doesn't matter. The goal is not to be a people pleaser. The goal is to ensure that your mission and your values and um, the impact that you're hoping to make is actually landing and actually has legs. <laughs> I know to everybody in the marketing field, that's incredibly annoying to say, but like, <laughs> I don't know how else to say it. Um, so 
making sure that you know exactly how you want to be perceived. And this goes beyond just like, I want to be known for being, you know, the voice of confidence. I want to be known as like the biggest and best podcaster in the world. It's it's more than that. Perception is on an emotional level. Do you want to be seen as friendly? Do you want to be seen as luxury? Do you want to be seen as um, confident? Are you trying to position yourself as the girl boss or the big sister or the, you know, finance bro, the marketing bro? Are you just trying to, well, how are you trying to position yourself? What words would you describe yourself as a brand? This is the same strategy that brands use when they brand themselves. Like, we want to come off as innovative and uh, sincere, but also uh, transparent. Like, those are like brand values that they then try to communicate with their marketing to humanize themselves. Okay, you have an additional plus and advantage here because you're already a person, right? However, in order to maybe set some boundaries or to make it very clear to people like what you want to be known for, sometimes you also need to, not sometimes, always, you need to also establish um, your brand values and like communicate that emotionally. Make people understand um, that, you know, you're trying to be their friend and you've done extensive research and have extensive understanding of the type of person, the type of friend, the type of inspirational figure, aspirational figure, whatever, that, you know, a guide or educator, whoever that your target audience is looking for. That's when they feel seen and heard and understood. Because you're going to be speaking their language. You're going to be speaking to them in a way where they're going to be like, oh my god, like, fucking finally, I've been waiting to find this person and I finally did. I had an experience like this with a client of mine who was sharing with me that she um, is very interested in Western fashion, but she was like, oh, I don't really relate to the way that these other girls dress in the Western fashion world. She's like, it feels a little too formal for me. Like I'm, I have a day job. Like I work from my desk. I'm a little bit more casual. I don't really know that I fit into this space. And so she and I kind of brainstormed together, worded it a little bit differently. She put out her personal branding statement in a video and people were commenting and saying, oh my God, I've been literally talking about this this exact same way. I didn't know you could call it that because that's literally me. Or, um, oh my God, I would love to be friends with you. Like you seem like the type of person that I would get along with. Or comments like that where she made it very clear, one, whatever it is that she wants to be known for, showed up in a way that people related to the way that she showed up in the delivery of her story. Um, She did a video with like a voiceover in the way that she styled herself, in the setting where she filmed things, in the way that she just generally showed up related to the person that she was hoping to attract. And it alienated people that are not her target audience. So people that are like, oh, I don't relate to that or this doesn't interest me, they just continued scrolling past. And so understanding how you want to be perceived and making sure that your target audience 
the people that you are hoping will be your fans, will be your customers, your clients, your supporters, your investors, your employees, whoever, that these people relate to you, that they see you the way you want to be seen. And that, I think, is is what separates somebody who is doing this as a hobby versus somebody who's treating this as a career. And understand that perception changes, okay? I'm going to give you an example of somebody, DeAndre Brown, on, he got started on TikTok, and he... I think his handle, I'm not sure if his handle is still this, but it started out being the corporate baddie. And he was, I mean, that's actually the perfect way to describe him. Um, and he was a, like a Gen Z guy working in corporate and he was making these like skits and memes around what it's like to be Gen Z in corporate. And it related very much to other Gen Z in corporate or people who like worked with Gen Z and found it really funny and were like, yeah, totally. Like I have an intern like this or I have like a colleague like that or whatever. Right. And then after a while, and usually this is like the trajectory of perception of, I mean, really any public figure, personal brand, whether you love them or hate them, they go through this same trajectory where at first you are perceived as very, very relatable to your specific target audience because you're talking about issues that they care about because you are quite literally the average person. Maybe you're not living a particularly lavish lifestyle. Maybe you um, you know, you work in the same place or same type of place that they work. You live in the same city. You live in the same kind of apartment. You have a very regular average life that the regular average person can relate to. And then after a while is when perception actually starts to matter way more than maybe you realize. And this is usually where people are like, oh, fuck, I need to really like buckle down on on my strategy um, and I really do need to understand the kind of person that I'm talking to because, you know, I want to make sure I relate to them. That's kind of like because something happens usually. Like some form of you get it, you experience some form of negativity that forces you to kind of like double down on checking in is the way that I perceive myself or is the way that I'm hoping to be perceived is actually landing with the person that I'm hoping to attract into my community. And one of the key moments where that thinking starts to happen is where you, when you experience a milestone as a personal brand. And a milestone in DeAndre's case was leaving his corporate job. Meaning that his entire account up until then was about being Gen Z in the workforce, having a nine to five in corporate. For somebody who, let's say, you previously, oh, actually, a really great example of this is Tezza Barton. Everything fashion, everything, you know, her and her boyfriend building like a tech startup together. It was like a photo. They have a photo editing app. And they were just like traveling around the world and taking pictures. It was so aesthetic and like presets. She like started like the, the, the era of Lightroom presets and all this other stuff, right? And then they had a baby. 
And all of the like single girls that were super obsessed with her like fashion and her and her boyfriend's like free relationship, you know, they were just like flying around the world doing whatever, not really tied down to anything, anyone, any, any reason, right? Suddenly now they have a baby. Well, not suddenly, suddenly for us, but not obviously to them. She's pregnant. She has a baby milestone. So usually the milestones is where you kind of have to double down on, oh, well, now I have a really big life change and I need to rethink how I'm being perceived. And I either need to rethink my target audience now because I'm forced to, let's say if you have a baby, (laughs) like you're now kind of like part of the mommy blogger world or mommy influencer world, Um, you know, kind of by default because that's now who you are. Um, or you made your entire account being about being in the corporate workforce and now you left your job and you don't have a nine to five anymore. And the people that have a nine to five don't relate to you and you don't relate to them because at one point you did, but moving forward, you no longer have that. So now you're seen as like an aspirational figure, maybe inspirational, but not necessarily as relatable as you used to be. And so it kind of forces people to choose Okay, uh, first of all, it it increases the amount of negativity that you get because the people that would that were hyping you up previously, interestingly enough, are the same people that are going to be like, "Oh, well, I miss the old whatever. Um, I miss the old DeAndre or I miss the old Tezza or I miss the old Drake. Like, oh, I don't like this. This I don't really." And they'll probably be like, "I don't relate to that. Like, what do you mean? You don't have like I have a nine to five still. You don't get me, you know, that kind of stuff, which you are not necessarily responsible for because like that's not something that you're experiencing anymore and pretending that you are would be way worse, right? So it kind of forces you to like, if you didn't consider perception previously, you'll start considering how you are perceived then. Um, And also maybe rethink your target audience, rethink some of your goals, um, And in DeAndre's case, he, it was when he started, when he left his job, it was kind of like the the first pivotal moment. And then he started upgrading his life, right? He, he was, he moved into a nicer apartment. He started wearing more designer brands. A lot of his personal brand became less so about being the corporate baddie and more so about being elite. Um, And the interesting part was that he's still participating in like, speaking engagements with LinkedIn or conversation around young people of color in the workforce and whatever. And being an advocate for Gen Z and people of color in the corporate workforce. However, he is no longer in the corporate workforce. So it's more so taking past experiences and then using them to speak on an issue. And granted, those experiences were not that long ago. But let's say like, five, 10 years down the line, it's going to be a lot harder for him to have these conversations because a lot can change. And even in a year in the corporate realm, like, you know, workplace trends, we've seen this with the pandemic changing from everybody going into an office to now most people prefer to have a, a remote job. And that took only about two years to happen, right? So it forces you to kind of reconsider your goals, reconsider your target audience, and kind of form a new way that you want to be perceived. For DeAndre, is it now just generally being a baddie and being elite, like take out the corporate? Now you're just, you know, kind of talking about carrying yourself a certain way, being confident. Is that the 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 larger general message now? 
Um, and so it, it kind of forced, you know, him to be put in a position where he did experience a lot of negativity because people were saying that he, now he's classist or he's, you know, he's contributing so much to the capitalistic to capitalism and he's like he wants to be elite and he just wants to be better than everybody else and like I saw him relate as relatable and now he's no longer relatable to me and I think what's really important as a personal brand is to always ensure that when you do keep up with how you're being perceived that you take into account if somebody is giving you feedback or critique or usually people kind of say, oh, it's negativity, that you actually take a look at, is this coming from somebody who is my target audience? Or is this coming from somebody who's like a troll or no longer my target audience or never was my target audience? Because the way that negativity is expressed by those two parties is very different. If somebody is your target audience, they'll do so more, they'll do it more so as like critique or feedback or a suggestion or concern, let's say depending on what the issue is that they're commenting on. whether Whereas when it's somebody who is not a part of your audi- your target audience, is a troll or just being negative for the sake of being negative, or you bring out some sort of insecurity in them, they're going to be hateful. And so there's kind of a difference between the two. And, and when you look at how you're being perceived and keep up with how you're being perceived. You will eventually stumble upon negativity. And so what it's important to pay attention to is not the negativity that is hateful and I would argue is true negativity, but rather critique. And that's going to come from people who actually are part of your community and are interested in seeing you grow and are, you know, wanting to still be in your space. So keeping up with how you are perceived is important and understand that when those things change because inevitably they do for a personal brand they do you know amazon netflix coca-cola they can't have babies <laughs> okay they you know can't quit the nine to five they're not people so their development is not the same as a personal brand's development because people experience milestones. Companies maybe experience revenue milestones or they start launch a new product or whatever, but it's not really the same thing. So as a personal brand, you some you can't be a people pleaser. You need to, however, make sure that the, that the person that you, the ideal target audience of your community, of, of your purpose, the person that you're hoping to impact, that that person feels seen. And that person may change. Your target audience may change. It, they may evolve. Maybe they were people that followed you because you worked a nine to five in corporate. Now you no longer work a nine to five in corporate because you have all of this influence that they helped you achieve. You're making a substantial income from it now. Now you're kind of a freelancer where your own business or you're launching your own things, whatever you're doing. Now you need to step back and think about what is my bigger message what is my purpose now? And how did it change from what my purpose was when I first started? And that's what I mean when you need to check in on your perception and also see like, are people resonating? Is my new audience resonating with what I'm trying to achieve? And if they're not, how do we get back on track, right? So making sure that you kind of, you know, run vitals (laughs) on your personal brand and and do these check-ins is 
what's going to make you somebody that your audience respects, whether or not you're relatable to them. So in your goals as a personal brand, it's not always that you need to be relatable. For somebody like Emma Chamberlain, Noah Beck, that's clearly very important to them and their team. They have done a lot, put in a lot of hard work to maintain relatability. For some people, it's just staying relevant. However, right? I mean, <clears throat> Kanye, right? Um, and for some people, it's more so just understanding that they will evolve and they may have to acquire a new target audience and evolve the kind of person that they were talking to and be relatable to a new kind of person as opposed to being relatable to an, to their, their OG fans. Um, you don't have to do it the same way Emma Chamberlain has done. I think Emma Chamberlain has done a really great job of being relatable to her current past and also, I would argue, future fans. That's very hard to do. And for some people, that's not the priority. For some people, it's the priority is being relatable to this type of person now. Um, and so your milestones will kind of force you to really check in on your perception and alter that. But making sure that you have established the way that you want to be perceived as early as possible based on what you're doing now is important. Because if you don't do it now, you'll be forced to do it eventually. Um, and you may be going through a large milestone and a change of audience and being new to having to establish a perception for the first time. And that can be very overwhelming. And that's usually where we see some influencers kind of fall off because they're like, oh my God, I didn't expect that. I'm getting a lot of negativity. Nobody likes me anymore. Nobody cares about me. They don't get me. Um, and so you start like blaming your audience or resenting your audience for something that nobody is responsible. Like it's not your fault that you had a baby. It's not your fault that you quit your job. And it's not their fault that they don't relate to that anymore. Um, so... Be on top of how you're perceived and don't be afraid to check in on it and don't be afraid to see negativity. Um, just know that if it's hateful, they're not your target audience. And if it's critique or feedback or suggestions, it's, it, it's up to you whether or not to take it. 